Mark Cuban, I don't know if you remember, he chucked the whole can of strawberry. And he actually said, oh, I hate kombucha. This is great. Uh, I love the strawberry passion. I already finished it. As soon as he said that, our strawberry passion sales just like shut up. Welcome to the Startup CPG podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Freitag. In case you missed it, longtime Startup CPG community member Wild Wonder just aired on Shark Tank, and today, founder Rosa Lee joins us to share all the details. You don't need to pre-watch the episode to enjoy the conversation, but I definitely recommend giving Season 14, Episode 11 a watch to see Rosa make a $500,000 deal with Tony Hsu, guest shark and founder of DoorDash. Listen in as Rosa shares about the process of applying for Shark Tank, how recording day works, the timing from recording to airing and how she and her team prepped, the details of the deal made on air and the post-show diligence process, how Wild Wonder sales grew post-airing, why she was hoping for a deal with Tony Hsu, and how Wild Wonder hopes to leverage the DoorDash relationship, and more. We recorded this less than a week after the episode aired on ABC and on Hulu, so this is hot off the press. Hi, Rosa. Welcome to the show today. How are you? Hi, Jesse. I'm doing well. Very excited to be here. Yeah, I am so excited to have you here. I discovered Wild Wonder, I think at Expo West last year and became a huge fan. I loved all the flavors. And so it was so fun to get to see Wild Wonder is going to be on Shark Tank. And so uh, it was so fun to get to watch and see you on TV. And so I'm so glad that you're here today to share more about the experience. It's just it's so fun. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Expo West was obviously the first show. I mean, last year was the first show after COVID. So everyone was super excited to be there. And we were just so happy to see everyone. Uh, but yeah, Shark Tank was, was such a surreal experience. I'm happy to share more. Awesome. Yeah, well, if you could start us out by just telling us a little bit about yourself and about Wild Wonder, that'd be amazing. Yeah, happy to. Um, so just to start, Wild Wonder is a bubbly and delicious beverage that's inspired by these healing tonics from my Chinese grandmother. So I actually talked a little bit about this background on Shark Tank. Uh, my grandma raised me for the first 12 years of my life and brewed a lot of these healing tonics with a symphony of wild herbs and plants that were really good for me. Um, she um, taught me the philosophy of food as medicine from an early age. So I, prior to starting this business, I worked in finance. I worked in, uh, I worked a lot of stressful jobs and started to really feel the effect on my body, mostly my gut. So I uh, actually got my microbiome checked, um, read up a lot about gut health, went back to grandma's homemade tonics and became a true believer in gut health. So um, after I went to school, uh, I went to business school at Stanford. I actually decided to pursue something I'm personally passionate about. So making gut healthy and heritage inspired ingredients accessible and delicious for everyone. So that's when I brewed up Wild Wonder. Um, and I would like to say that it's, you know, a combination of grandma wisdom and the concept of a California produce stand. Uh, we are based in San Francisco, Northern California. We have a lot of fresh produce here. I love going to the farmer's market. And to me, you know, I'm a huge foodie. So 
everything comes down to taste and all the fresh produce. I want to make our drinks taste super delicious and fr uh, fruit forward, similar to uh, what you'll find at a California produce stand. So, um, you know, a lot of these gut healthy beverages like kombucha, drinking vinegar have that acquired taste that's super fermented and vinegary. Um, it's not for everyone. So I really want to make these functional ingredients accessible um, by making these drinks really delicious and approachable. So that's really what differentiates us is really the taste as well as the functional benefits being, you know, having both prebiotics and probiotics in one can. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And the, the flavor really is incredible. Like you said, it doesn't have that like, you know, you don't need that like acquired taste for like a fermented beverage. It really does just taste like fresh fruit, like strawberry passion is probably my favorite. And like it, yeah, it's just like drinking those fruits like you had just bought them at the farmer's market and juiced them yourself. Like it's really mm -hmm. incredible the flavor you've been able to achieve. Thank you. Thank you. That's definitely our top seller. And it's also Mark Cuban's favorite as we found <laughs> out from the taping. Um, yeah, I love that. That's actually our newest flavor is fresh brewed hibiscus flowers with strawberry juice and passion fruit juice. Awesome. Well, before we jump a little bit more into Shark Tank, can you also kind of tell just like kind of describe the stage of Wild Wonder? Like, you know, how many retailers are you in? Maybe some of the major ones that listeners might know. And like, how many employees do you have? Just kind of curious about the overall stage you're at. Sure, sure. Um, so we're in over a thousand stores now. Um, so we actually grew very fast last year. We started the year being just a California brand, meaning we're distributed um, in California retailers like Whole Foods um, and a lot of the um, NorCal, uh, mostly actually focused on NorCal uh, specialty retailers. Uh, we launched in Southern California at the beginning of the year in January. And then by the end of the year, we were national with Sprouts. We um, launched on the East Coast with Fresh Market. We launched in the Midwest with Fresh Time. So um, we became, uh, I would say we became a national brand. Um, we also sell online. We sell on Amazon as well as direct-to-consumer on our own website. Uh, we are also um, in a lot of the corporate offices, cafes, restaurants. So we have a multi-channel strategy. So retail is not just uh, our core focus. We also focus on online and food service as well. Nice. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. Really fast growth. That's amazing. So at what point in, like, when did you apply to Shark Tank versus like when the episode is airing? I believe it can be quite a long like process. So was that amidst all of that, like all the growth that's been happening? Um, let me think back. Um, we, someone actually reached out to us um, from Shark Tank. I think Shark Tank has all these uh, people scouting companies. And um, one of the casting producers reached out and said, hey, I think your company will be a good fit for Shark Tank. Um, we'd love to have a chat. And um, he pretty much convinced me to apply. And um, I was very skeptical because I, I mean, I, didn't actually watch the show before. So uh, <laughs> I heard about Shark Tank and um, I thought it could be good for my business. And, you know, we're a small team. You asked me about the stage. Uh, we're actually only five people. And so everyone does a lot. And um, I just thought, hey, anything like that would take up so much time. And I didn't know it'd be worth it or not. And uh, well, the answer to that is definitely a, a yes. Um, but now I know. Um, at the time, I believe it was summer, it's actually like March or April. I'll last year. So they reached out to me and I went through the initial um, screening process. I submitted an application, a video of myself explaining what the company does. Um, and then once they selected me, then, you know, I moved forward to the, the next round of 
process is a long process. So I don't know if you uh, if you guys shared more about Shark Tank from other people's experiences. Um, there's just different stages of the application process. And every stage, they um, would always tell you, just so you know, there's no guarantee that you're going to move to the next stage. There's no guarantee that even if you move to the next stage, you'll tape. And there's also no guarantee even if you tape your air. So there's a lot of just like, um, you know, you're taking a lot of risk with this. Um, but it's also a really fun process. Um, the process is very long. Once I was moved to the next stage. Um, I met with the producers. Um, and I would say it was Zoom call like once every two weeks for three months straight. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. So when did the episode, when did you actually tape the episode that we just saw? Yeah, I taped in September. Okay. Okay. Wow. And then how much time did you have to know when it was going to air? Like how much notice did they give you? Like, hey, your episode's airing on this date and a confirmation that like your episode is indeed going to air. Yeah. So there's no, um, even after taping, um, they still told me, hey, we don't know. And there's no guarantee. Um, but they, um, as a rule, like they always give brands three weeks notice. I actually received the news that we're going to air on Christmas Eve. So I woke up and I was like, oh, this is a nice gift from Santa. <laughs> and I was super excited because, you know, we, we spent so much time preparing and uh, it was a lot of, um, you know, I flew down to LA and I took time away from work just to do this. And I, um, my goal was really to air um, and to have uh, the brand be shared with a national audience. Uh, and that was basically mission accomplished to me. <laughs> so I was super excited. I told my team, um, but obviously everyone was on holiday at the time. So we couldn't really do much at the time. So once we got back to the office in January, we started preparing and, and really just all hands on deck, um, getting ready for Shark Tank. Yeah. And just so you know, like the season goes from, um, I believe it was the very end of September to all the way to like April, May. So Anything that was taped um, the year prior, so September, July, so there's only two tapings, either it's July or September, um, that all of those will be shown um, from end of September to the following year. And uh, they always overtape. So there's actually a lot of companies that don't get aired. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, that's wild after all that work. Um, but I'm so glad that, that you made it on air. That's that's so cool. Well, I would love to hear a little bit just about the actual experience of being on the show, um, you know, recording. I assume that they recorded a lot more footage than ends up on TV. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the episode was what, eight to 10 minutes. Um, everyone thought that like I basically closed the deal within eight minutes. Um, but I was in the tank, I believe over an hour. Um, my producers, after I walked out, told me I was in there for a long time, at least an hour. So I felt like it, it flew by really fast, but um, they definitely grilled me for uh, way longer than 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. How much prep did you put into your, like, you know, into your pitch and into like having answers for questions? Yeah. So I would say um, they only, Shark Tank and the producers really prepare me for the pitch itself. Um, they didn't really prepare me or any candidates for the actual Q&A process. Um, so I would say there was a lot of time spent on the actual two minute pitch, which was at the beginning. Uh, every single word had to be approved, basically. And mm. uh, if I made any claims, especially given this a functional beverage, I had to have backup to support it. And um, there's a lot of like legal process involved with anything that's, you know, aired um, on national TV. I would say, you know, there's a lot of 
prep with getting the booth ready. There's um, just prep in general, like getting the entire display, um, getting everything approved. Um, the Q&A was actually more just, you know, me watching Shark Tank and previous episodes. I, like I mentioned earlier, I actually didn't grow up watching Shark Tank and then didn't really know um, what the show entailed. So I, you know, the producers basically told me, hey, go watch all the beverage episodes, which was what I did. And just to figure out, you know, what kind of questions are asked. Um, most of them are business related, which I do know. I mean, if someone were to ask me, hey, how much does it take to to produce your product? Obviously, I would know the answer. Um, and usually the, the typical questions are, are pretty basic. You know, it's like cost, price, what's your distribution like? Um, why did you start the company? Um, I can't actually remember everything they asked me, but it's, um, I was, I would say it's nothing unexpected. Just being a prior to starting this business, I was an investor myself. So I think, you know, the, the questions they ask are what I would expect an investor would ask. And this wasn't the first time I talked to an investor or, or investors in general. So it's, um, I think that part was fairly easy. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And can you talk a little bit about the deal that you did on air? Um, and like, I, it, it was amazing. You negotiated like live, which I'm always so impressed when someone can like counter and everything. Cause like just on the spot, that sounds incredibly hard. So like, tell us a little bit about the the deal you started with and then the deal that you ended up making on air. Yeah. So I walked on stage with an offer of, um, I asked for 500,000 for 5% of my business. Um, and if you watch enough Shark Tank, you would know that they always cut your valuation in half. So like, if you're like, oh, I want 5%, they'll be like, I want 15% or I want 10%, you know? So, um, I would say don't start with something that's like too low valuation because they're they're gonna cut it even lower. Um, we ask, but also don't start with too high valuation because they'll just make fun of you. So <laughs> I think you know I I basically talked to my producers and said like you know what do you think about this and they thought it was reasonable um, based on I guess the offers that were shown on Shark Tank previously, the stage of my business. Um, and it, it gives me some room to negotiate. Right. Yeah. And so what was the final deal that at least on air, I know, which we can talk about, I know sometimes there can be negotiation after uh, after on air, but on air, what was the final deal? Yeah. So Tony Shu, DoorDash CEO, countered me with um, five 500,000 for 9% of my business. Um, I countered him with 500,000 for 6%, but with an additional 3% advisory shares to get to his 9%. Um, I tried to negotiate and this is what you don't see is like all the details. I tried to negotiate something else. And he basically said, this is my final offer. And I was trying to uh, get to his 9% without cutting my valuation too much. Um, so that was the the idea that I came up with is advisory shares. Yeah. Can you explain a little? So with your with your finance investment background, can you explain what that means with the advisory shares? Like um, what the difference is? Yeah. So essentially they own equity of the business, but that um, part of that, they don't, that doesn't affect the valuation. So say, you know, if you, if you're cutting um, my valuation in half by going from 5% to 10%, then, um, you know, essentially it diminishes diminishes the company's value and dilutes every investor and um, myself and, you know, my employees at the company. Um, but if I'm saying I don't want to change the valuation, but I'll still give you the equity, the advisory shares essentially come out of the options pool. Um, and then I have about 10% options pool allocated to share with 
employees, advisors, you know, any anyone that's helping with the business. Okay. So do advisory sh- shares then operate like on a vesting schedule where you're getting yeah. them over time? Correct. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. And, you know, making a deal also with the guest shark, like that's an, un- like if you you could watch as many past episodes as you want and you don't know what necessarily a guest shark is, is going to ask, how was it interacting with Tony overall? You know, we saw some on the air, but you know, overall, what was that like? Yeah, definitely. Um, he was definitely a wild card because I, I had no idea what type of questions he was going to ask or um, how he was going to negotiate. Um, I definitely went on stage um, going after Tony Shu, uh, going after his money. So um, I would say he will be the one, and I knew he would be the one that could bring the most value to the business. Um, DoorDash is a huge um, food tech platform, as you know, and there's over a million restaurants on that platform. And um, the value add will be uh, distribution. So at beverage distribution, as a lot of sharks talk about, um, is very hard. So having a, such a national platform to get our products to all the restaurants is tremendously helpful. So, and Tony alluded to this. I'm not sure if this part was actually aired, but in, you know, you know, in in giving his offer, he actually shared all the things that he could do for Wild Wonder, which was super exciting. Um, he could put us on DoorDash. So imagine, like, if do you use the app yourself? Yeah, I do. Okay. So, you know, you look at a restaurant, you were going to order food. And then um, usually people like to order a drink or so with their food, unless maybe you have beverages at home. Uh, any restaurant menu doesn't really have that many beverages. So you can scroll down, you might see Coke, you might see water. Um, and if I were to say, hey, I want to sell to a restaurant, I have to sell door by door to door to get on their menu. Uh, whereas DoorDash could just, you know, more seamlessly put us on a lot of restaurant menus. And I think that's a lot more efficient to gain distribution. Um, that would be a huge value add. Um, one of the things I talked about was um, stocking the offices <laughs> because mm-hmm. we do stock a lot of offices. Um, and uh, I'm actually having a conversation with DoorDash tomorrow about that. So I'm uh, very excited to just, you know, build a partnership with DoorDash. And um, I can't wait to see where this goes. He is truly the shark I was going after. Um, I actually was more excited to, I mean, I would, I told myself actually he would bring more value to me than to my company than any other shark, even even including uh, Mark Cuban, who has invested a lot in, in food. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's so cool that he was who you were going after and that's who you made a deal with. Like, had you ever like met him at like alum? Because I think he went to Stanford too, right? I think he mentions that. Yeah, on the show. yeah, he actually said that. So we both went to Stanford for business school. He was one year above me. We never had any class together, but I knew him and he remembered me from just being at Stanford. So, um, yeah, no, he actually mentioned that. And I was, I was actually a little taken back by the fact that he remembered and he talked about it. Um, and what you guys also didn't see, this was, um, I don't know if I'm actually allowed to say this, but like, there's a bunch of stuff that they cut out, um, and they didn't air. And he, um, I think the reason that they want me to pitch the shark tank when he's a guest shark is because of our shared background. Um, he, he's, you know, Chinese American um, also has the a similar immigrant story. And uh, when I talked about being raised by my grandma and um, you know coming here with you know very little and and making something of myself, uh, he also that really resonated with him. He actually shared his own story. And I'm sure like they cut out that part because they've already done like you know an episode on him and sharing his story. So I thought that was really 
awesome that he actually connected with my story. Um, and I think that's part of the reason that he invested is because um, he was really impressed by her progress. He was really impressed by, you know, what I built, given the background as well. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And it just goes to show that like, you never know who's like paying attention when you're going about in the world. Like you can be in, you can be in classes in school and like, you know, years down the road, somebody's like, oh, you know, I liked the way you showed up in the world and now you're doing amazing things like that. Goodwill goes a long way. So that's, that's so cool. I, I love that. Um, yeah. And like, you know, what you mentioned a little bit, like you have a call tomorrow, like what happens after the show airs? Um, you know, what are the kind of the next steps from here? Yeah, um, definitely. And this is something I didn't know as well. Like when I watched some of the previous episodes, I just assumed that a deal is made on TV and then that's done. Um, there's actually a lot that goes behind the scenes because um, the, the minute I walked out of those doors, that's actually the first time the sharks see me. So mm-hmm. they have no idea who's going to pitch to them. They have no idea like what the pitch is about. They have no idea what the company is. They also don't know anything about my background. So, which means that there's actually diligence that needs to be done. So, you know, they hear about my story um, for and my company for, for what you saw was 10 minutes, but it's really an hour because I, you know, well, I was grilled for that long. Um, but, you know, an hour is nothing um, to really learn about a company and a founder. So, um, there's also a lot of diligence work typical to a, um, a fundraising process where um, you would send them financials, you would send them a lot of um, the answers to any questions they may have, um, anything about business. I mean, I don't know if you heard about this this instance, but there's actually, Mark Cuban actually talked about this um, on TV at one point. Um, they He put money in a business or he promised um, to put money in a business on Shark Tank. They actually uh, did a lot of back and forth afterwards and they were ready to sign a deal and all of a sudden the company was MIA and he kept pushing and trying to find um, the founder and a few months later they realized that guy was in, in jail so there's because you know Shark Tank there's not really a lot of diligence done beforehand outside of maybe doing a basic background check um, there's a lot of work to do after the deals made. Um, and then you have to sign the term sheet. And so it usually takes longer than people think. Yeah, that makes sense. So does that start like right after you recorded then like, all right, you made a deal, we recorded like whether or not this airs, you know, we're going to start doing the diligence process essentially is like, is that kind of when when the back and forth starts on that? Um, I would say it's different for every company. It's different for every shark. So it really just depends on how busy everyone is. But usually it starts at some point um, afterwards, like the producers would say, hey, you know, like this team's going to reach out to you. Um, so it's um, that's not really definitive. Yeah, no, that makes that makes sense. And how have sales been for your team since airing? Like what's it been like on the operations side to fulfill, I'm sure, some increased demand? Yeah, no, it's it's been super crazy. I mean, it's definitely more than I expected. I mean, I knew that I would, Shark Tank was going to be good. I didn't know it was going to be this good. I mean, we were all of stock on Amazon within two hours, and we <laughs> stocked Amazon to the max. So, I mean, gosh, I think we like for online, we like we're going to make an entire year of sales in one month. So it's um, it's something that it, it's just it's very overwhelming in a good way. Um, our fulfillment center, our 3PL has been just working the entire weekends uh, since 6 a.m. every day to catch up on, you know, sending all the, the 
the boxes that people were ordered. Um, we had told them to even pre-pack over a thousand boxes and we're still very behind. I think we just finished like Saturday's orders. We're still working through all the other orders and telling people, hey, just be patient. You know, um, we're seeing a, a huge uptick in, in order volume. So we're doing our best to um, to send out everyone's orders. My team actually... Um, supported like the the 3pl or 3pl um by like physically going to the warehouse and and packing with them (laughs) nice oh that's amazing though wow yeah that's incredible and i assume like three weeks is not very much time to prep like did you did you kind of make an any educated bet preparation of like well we might air on shark tank in this next season so let's prep some things just in case like how did you think about prepping in you know since you knew that if you were going to air you were only going to get three weeks notice and that isn't really a lot of time when you've got to make product ship product to a uh, you know, to a fulfillment center, all of that. Yeah, I mean, we we the good thing is we're not new to Amazon, we're not new to DCC, so um, the process um, has been fairly smooth. Um, we definitely updated our website um, with Shark Tank related images. Um, we made special Shark Tank bundles. Um, I would say those are the only thing that's new in terms of um, you know fulfillment, uh, fulfillment and shipping. Everything has actually been done before. Um, I do think that there's Amazon is a beast and it's hard to figure out. We had some surprises from Amazon side. Um, so that's why we're out of stock um, in such a short period of time. Um, we basically stocked to our limit and they just, you know, there's very little customer service at Amazon. They wouldn't increase our storage limit. Um, so the good thing is we had, we actually had had D2C um, pretty much ready to go. And we we're able to get way more orders on our own website. Um, so it's the, that's actually probably a good outcome for us because we do love having more of a direct relationship with our customers. Um, so D2C allows us to do that. And um, we actually understand them better. You know, we can reach out to them directly. Whereas Amazon, we just don't know who those customers are. So um, I guess it was kind of like a blessing, a blessing in disguise. We, we were able to generate so much more sales online on our own website from Amazon. Not to say like Amazon doesn't, um, didn't generate a lot of sales, but it's still, we basically responded very fast. Um, we only had FBA open, so fulfillment by Amazon. So we would ship products to their warehouse. They will fulfill everything. And because we were out of stock within two hours, um, we actually turn on FBM, uh, which is fulfillment by merchant. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we're able to actually um, respond to all the sales requests on Amazon. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I guess this is, you know, ops person question too, of like with only three weeks, like, I don't know what your lead times are to make your product. Like, did you kind of be like, well, we might have a lot of sales from Shark Tank. Like, did you, did you plan on producing more just in case that happened or or was it or did you have to work you know to manufacture some last minute yeah we definitely um we definitely produced more um we knew that we were going to air on shirt well we didn't know that we we're going to air on shark tank um but we were actually growing as a company even without shark tank so we started scaling on inventory side and we generally like to hold about three months worth of inventory so um, that was super helpful because we, um, at the end of last year, we had produced a ton of products because we're just growing so fast, even without Shark Tank. So um, so we were ready. Basically, from a product's perspective, we had products. Um, yeah. So that was 
that was nice. I honestly didn't know we were going to air so early. Um, I was thinking, okay, beverage, you know, this is more of a, a summer drink. Maybe they'll air a little bit later, which is also nice. Um, January is usually a big month for us, regardless, because of, you know, this is a time when everyone's trying to be healthier after the feasting over the holidays and um, we have a, a healthy beverage. And it's also um, a really nice alternative to a cocktail. So a lot of people actually view Wild Wonder as a mocktail option, given just the make of our product is basically fruit and botanicals, you know, basically what you would put in the mocktail. So um, the Sober Curious, Sober Living community was really into it. So we already seeing, we were already seeing like uptick in sales. Um, I was just surprised to get that email from Shark Tank uh, on Christmas Eve about this airing, which, you know, I was very happy about because I was just hoping to be aired. <laughs> yeah. Do they give you any like indications of like when when people launch or when beverages launch, like this is about how many sales you get? Or did you reach out to other like beverages that you'd seen launch to be like, how much do we like, how much should we expect? Like, or is it just kind of like, well, every product hits different. Like, I'm curious if you get any prep from the like the producers and everything on like, here's what to expect as far as, you know, what you're going to see for orders. Um, no, no one knows that. And, and the Shark Tank doesn't know that because every company has its own story. So um, I have noticed, though, that if just from talking to other brands, um, people who have done Shark Tank, if the sharks like the product, then you just have way more sales um, than, than, you know, if they didn't like the product. If the sharks like the founder, you have way more sales than if they didn't like the founder. So, so much of that is did. Is dependent on just the editing and the airing and, and how everything looked um, during that 10 minutes. So I'll, I'll, like, I'll tell you, Mark Cuban, I don't know if you remember, he chucked the whole can of strawberry. <laughs> um, and he actually said, oh, I hate kombucha. This is great. Uh, I love the strawberry passion. I already finished it. As soon as he said that, our strawberry passion sales just like shut up. And I was looking at our sales uh, allocation, like out of all the single flavor uh, packs, like strawberry passion just outperformed everything else significantly. And uh, because he just loved that flavor, and he had mentioned that flavor on TV. So um, here's your your Mark Cuban impact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. And like that kind of leads me to thinking like when you were applying for the show, and it sounds like there's a lot of back and forth of like making it to the next round and um, like was you know, is there anything you can share about that process or that you think helped make Wild Wonder stand out? Anything that you did that you're like, oh, that seemed to really help us make it to the next round because it's extremely competitive. And so, you know, was there anything that you were like that you were intentionally doing of like, OK, here's how we can be more entertaining or creative? Like, how did you think about that process as you went through trying to get to each next round? Yeah, um, it's been a, a while since I did this. So I'm just thinking back, I would say, um, um, the story really matters to them. This is for you know national TV. Um, the audience is actually a lot of families, um, surprisingly to me. I mean, it's not surprising, but I didn't actually know who the audience is because I didn't watch Shark Tank. And from just this past experience, I realized that there's a lot of people that watch Shark Tank and of all ages. It's a very family-oriented show. Um, so I would say, you know, people are generally very attracted to a good story. Um, it's not going to be something that's like very technical and it's not going to be, um, it's going to be a consumer product, right? So 
something that's more accessible and more approachable. Um, and there's a ton of consumer products out there that that aired and that um, got on Shark Tank. So I would say, you know, because it is for TV, it's all about entertainment. So the story really matters. And um, and just being able to tell that story. So I do think that Shark Tank producers do a really good job helping me to craft that pitch. Um, it's a It's a pitch that I've many times when I, you know, talk to retail buyers, when I talk to investors, but they're very good at, um, I would say, condensing the story uh, into two minutes to really bring out the essence to really make something um, that's uh, very appealing to the average consumer. Yeah. And that your point earlier about mentioning that that first two minute pitch really had to be that that script had to be nailed down and approved for national television. That That was really interesting to me. I didn't realize that that pitch had to have that back and forth to make sure that everything was totally, totally cool to, to say on air. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some like FCC rules, um, about what you can and cannot say. I don't think you can make too many claims, um, unless you can back that up with, um, research or human studies. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And did you have to have like a round of fundraising open to be on the show? Like, did, like, and did you have a round open when the, when you were going back on the show or was it its own separate thing? You don't have to, um, as long as you are actually accepting, um, funds from investors. Like you can't just go on TV and say, Hey, I'm going to raise money when you don't intend to raise money. Um, so, but you know, outside of Shark Tank, you don't have to have a round. You don't have to raise money from other investors. Right. But you had done some fundraising before, I think. I can't remember if you mentioned that on the show. Yeah. Yeah. They did ask me, you know, what I, how much I raised before and if I'm raising at that time, which I, um, which I did answer. So just happened that I was actually raising money and I had a round open and I gave them a better deal than my actual round. Um, because I knew that they would be not so happy if they realized that I'm not giving them extra value. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. That's so cool. Is there anything else you want to share about Shark Tank before I want to get, leave some time to talk about some other new exciting things coming up for Wild Wonder? But anything else you wanted to share with us about the Shark Tank experience? I think you captured all. I mean, that was such a just a very exciting, very surreal experience. Um, I actually hosted a watch party um, to share that moment with my team, my friends, every, my team's friends. So everyone was super excited to really um, share that moment. It was actually as of a surprise to me as everyone else. I mean, I knew what I said in there, but I didn't know how they were going to edit it. So it was super fun for me to watch as well. And I definitely yeah. encourage everyone who has a consumer, uh, a consumable product to get on Shark Tank. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. Well, so what what's coming up this year that you can share about? Um, what should we keep our an eye out for? Yeah, I mean, we're going to Expo West. So I'm really looking forward to seeing everyone there. We actually have two booths uh, this year, one in North Hall, one in Hall E, um, because we're launching a new product. Um, and then we just have so much. We have a lot of um, distribution expansion opportunities coming up as well. So um, very excited about 2023. This is going to be a great year for us. Yeah. Have you already gotten some, you don't have to say who, but have retailers been excited about the Shark Tank uh, publicity have maybe moved some retailer conversations forward? Um, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I, I can't disclose um, too much until we actually launch, but there's some um, there's some exciting stuff going on. Nice. That's amazing. Well, excited to, to keep following along. Excited to... Uh, see you in person at Expo West. Um, And yeah, yeah, definitely. 
encourage everyone to go to drinkwildwonder.com and then follow, um, you know, go, the same handle, Drink Wild Wonder on Instagram and I think TikTok. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, available on Amazon and I, there's a store locator on the website. So get some Wild Wonder into your, uh, into your life uh, for sure. And yeah, thanks so much for sharing your experience with us. I know that it's it's such it's always so exciting to talk about Shark Tank and uh, yeah, just really appreciate you sharing your wisdom and experience with our uh, with our community. I know that everyone will really appreciate it. Thank you, Jesse, and thanks for having me. It's super exciting to to share that with everyone here. Thank you for listening in today. I'm so honored you joined me for this conversation, and I love hearing from you all with feedback, suggestions, or if you just want to say hi at podcast at startupcpg.com or you can find me on LinkedIn. If you liked this episode, we'd love for you to share it with a friend or colleague, subscribe so you don't miss future episodes, and maybe even leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you aren't yet in our Slack community of founders and experts, we'd love to see you there. You can get the free invite at startupcpg.com and find all our other awesome resources there like webinars, databases, the blog, the magazine, and virtual and in-person events. And if you found yourself rocking out to our intro and outro music, which I do every single time, make sure to check out the Super Fantastics on Spotify. It's the band of our startup CPG founder, Daniel Scharf. I'm Jesse Freitag, your host and producer, and on behalf of the whole team at Startup CPG, thank you for being here and see you next week.